0: This morning. If you have a Bible, I'll invite you to open to Matthew chapter 1 or maybe an app on your phone or your tablet there. Let's go to Matthew chapter 1. I want to encourage you this morning uh, to be an active listener where you are. So go on and get a copy of God's Word open. Uh, also, during the time, I'm going to maybe ask you to click the like button or drop a comment uh, there in the comments section. You know, we are in week two of our awkward Christmas family series. And when you stop and think about Christmas, things can sometimes be a little awkward. And I appreciate Carrie uh, preaching last week for us on the topic of forgiveness. And you know, you think about when you gather with family, if there's a family member that you've not forgiven uh, for something they did to you or, or said to you that Things can be a little awkward this Christmas around them. And so we want to encourage you to practice forgiveness this Christmas, to forgive that person just like Jesus has forgiven you. But, you know, when you think about family and you think about coming together around Christmas and the holidays, families can be just a little awkward. Uh, Not all our families sometimes are ideal. Uh, Things can just be a little off. There can be some tension in the family. Uh, maybe you don't always get along with someone. Or like I said, your family's just not an ideal family. It's a little bit messy. Well, when you think about the first couple in Mary and Joseph and Jesus and that first Christmas they experienced, their family wasn't ideal. I mean, you had a, you had a, a pregnancy out of wedlock. Um, You had Jesus born not in a nice hospital situation, but really in pretty a messy barn type situation. And think about this, you've just had your baby. Who do you want to be the first visitors to see your kid? Yeah, maybe your best friends, maybe your family. You know who the first people who showed up to see the new baby Jesus was? Shepherds. And I know we glorify shepherds within our culture, but shepherds back then, they, they weren't nice guys. They were often ex-criminals, ex-cons. They were looked down upon in society, and they were really outcasts. And these are the first people who see your brand new baby, rough shepherds. You know, so when you think about Christmas, Christmas time can be a little awkward, but Christmas also reminds us of hope. Hope that we have in Jesus Christ. So no matter our family situations that might be a little messy or not always ideal, we can pin our hope and place our hope in Jesus and what the Christmas story reminds us about in the hope of Christ. And so if you have a Bible, let's read together in Matthew chapter 1. We're just going to read verses 18 through 25. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. You know, when we pick up in verse 18, we see Mary and Joseph, and we meet them, and we see that the Bible says that they were betrothed together. Now, the betrothal period uh, in Jewish customs was different than our engagement period. You know, the typical American engagement sometimes can last a few months, maybe a year, a few years. You know, engagements, unfortunately, sometimes can be, you know, easily broken off. But the Jewish betrothal period was different. Obviously, this is more than likely an arranged marriage, as was the custom of the day. Uh, Mary was believed to be maybe 12 to 13 years old. Joseph, maybe 17, 18 years old. But when a couple was betrothed, they were technically legally married at the time. The betrothal period would last about a year. Now, the next stage after the betrothal period was the wedding ceremony. The wedding ceremony then would be when the wedding was finalized, The bride then would go home with the groom, and they would consummate the marriage. So we see when we come into verse 18 that Mary and Joseph, they are betrothed. But notice also something that uh, we see that the Holy Spirit is leading Matthew to write that is a very key part of this text. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place this way, when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together. So before they had sexual relations, we see that Mary is pregnant, and she's pregnant from the Holy Spirit. And notice that the Holy Spirit is leading Matthew to put that in the text, because what we're seeing is this is an immaculate conception. We're seeing that Mary is found to be with child from the Holy Spirit, and he notices that we're putting this in here to show us the purity of Mary at this moment. But someone could argue this. They could say, well, wait, wait, hang on, wait a minute. This isn't the only story of a virgin birth of a leader. And somebody can make that case. And they would say, well, yeah, there's, there's other cultures that believe in other virgin births. There's other myths. There's other fables out there in that way. Uh, For instance, legend says that Alexander the Great was virgin born by the power of Zeus through a snake that impregnated his mother. There's legend of Buddha. It says that uh, Buddha's mother is said to become pregnant when a white elephant entered her body at the time she was conceived. But the birth of Jesus is like no other. This is from the Holy Spirit. This is a work of God. This is not a myth. This is not legend. This is something we believe is true because it comes from God's word. I remember Larry King from CNN, uh, that talk show host as he's sitting there and at his desk interviewing someone, he had those thick black glasses on and those suspenders on. Larry King was once asked himself, if you could interview anyone in history, who would you want to interview? Just stop and think about that right now. Maybe in the comments section, write the name down of someone you might want to interview throughout history. know, if you can interview anybody in history, who would you want to interview? You know, I, I would. Uh, man, I'd, I'd love to interview Moses. Think about just sitting down with Moses, what was it like to cross the Red Sea? You know, what was it like to talk to the burning bush? You know, I'd love to interview Peter. Peter, what was it like to walk across water? You know, maybe a historical figure. I'd love to interview Abraham Lincoln and have him walk me through some decisions that he had to make during the Civil War. You know, all kinds of people, men and women, I'm sure you'd want to interview throughout history. Who are they? Put those in that comment section. You know who Larry King said he'd love to interview? He said, I'd love to interview Jesus Christ. And the person interviewing Larry King said, well, why in the world would you want to interview Jesus Christ? And Larry King said this. He said, I'd like to ask him if he indeed was virgin born, because the answer to that question would define history for me. See, understand this, the virgin birth defines history. The virgin birth, this doctrine that we believe that Jesus uh, was virgin born, it's the nail head that holds all of Christianity together. Without the virgin birth, now you have Jesus who has a nature to sin. You have someone who's not a perfect savior. He's not the perfect God man. A.W. Tozer said it this way. He said, if Jesus were only human and not divine, then his death would be meaningless. His resurrection and ascension into heaven would be hoaxes, and he would not be able to save you from your sin, and mankind would forever be lost with no hope of redemption. And so we see in verse 18, this very important couple in Mary and Joseph. Mary is now pregnant from the Holy Spirit. Then in verse 19, we, we meet a little more about Joseph. And you've got to stop thinking, well, who's Joseph? Because we don't have a ton about Joseph in the Gospels. We really see him early in the, um, in the Gospels, then he just disappears. But who was he? Well, we know he was a carpenter. We know he loved Mary. And I believe Joseph also loved the Lord. Let's pick up in verse 19. It says, And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. So this husband, Joseph, has a love for the Lord. He's a just man. He tries to do what God's calling him to do. I mean, just drop down in the text in verse 24 and 25. Later in the story, it says, When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she'd given birth to a son and called his name Jesus. I want you to see the obedience of Joseph in verses 24 and 25. When he awakes from the sleep and he's gotten that message from the angel of the Lord. He doesn't debate God. He, you know, does what the Lord says without delay. He obeys him. I mean, let me ask you this this morning. What are you not obeying God about today? What's God calling you to do that you're delaying to do? Just like Carrie talked about last week, is it forgiving someone? Any of this Christmas season, God's putting on your heart, on your mind, you need to forgive this person of something they did or said to you. And I know it could be hard what they've done. I know it could be painful what they've done. It's caused maybe a physical scar, an emotional scar. But the Lord's saying, forgive them just as I've forgiven you in Christ. Maybe that's it. Maybe today it's in an area of giving. The Lord's calling you to be a giver and you're withholding your giving. Maybe today it's just simply God's putting on your heart and mind somebody to reach out to and to pray for and to share Jesus with. Whatever God's calling you to do, just like Joseph, do that. But we see in verse 19, Joseph, even though he has a a love for the Lord and a love for Mary, he's, he's struggling with this news. It says in verse 19, he's thinking about divorcing her. Now, divorce in a betrothal period was a legal way to break that contract. And Joseph wants to do it quietly. He doesn't want to shame Mary. But think about the pressure Joseph might be under here. I mean, this is probably pressure from his family. I mean, can you imagine that conversation with mom and dad? Hey, mom. Hey, dad, Mary's pregnant. But no, 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 no. We haven't been together that way, mom and dad. But this is from the Holy Spirit. This is from God. I mean, Joseph could be worried about his family kicking him out, his community kicking him out, maybe his parents disowning him. You know, what's the public going to say? What's going to be put on Facebook about him? What's going to be put on Twitter? But what you see is Joseph does what's right. And the reason he does what's right is because God gives him a message of encouragement. And I want you to notice these next few verses with me today, because these next few verses I absolutely love in this story, because they're encouraging not only Joseph in that situation, but to you and to me as well. Let's pick up in verse 20. It says, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Has God ever given you a a word of comfort in distress? God ever given you a message when you were hurting, when you were lost, when you were fearful, when you were anxious? I love that God in his word comforts us in those moments. And he gave Joseph a message of comfort, just as this is a message for you. We notice first that he says, this child, you shall call his name Jesus. Verse 21, for she, she shall bear a son and you call his name Jesus. Jesus, what a simple, beautiful, powerful name. The name of Jesus. You know, Jesus, that name means Yahweh is salvation. Or Yahweh saves. But you know that name Jesus is a very common name of the day. You know, there's a lot of Jewish boys named Jesus. It'd be like just naming your kid John today or naming your kid Mark. It's a very common, common name. But stop and think about what God did right there. God named our Savior Jesus. A common name. For common people. He came to save people like me, people like you, just ordinary, average people. He gave them the name of Jesus so that he could connect with us on that level. He, came to them, he gave him the name Jesus to remind us that he became like us so he could die for us. But notice not only the identity of who he is, but notice what he does. The text says in verse 21, not only is his name Jesus, but this is what he does. He will save his people from their sins. You know, when I was a kid um, and it came time to make my Christmas list, my mom would sit me down at the table and uh, I have an older sister. She's four years older than I am. And she would sit my sister down with me and she'd bring out the Sears catalog. How many of you remember the Sears catalog? Right, you may be, you know type in the comments right now, yes! right? You remember the Sears catalog or click the like button there on this post. I mean that Sears catalog, that big thick catalog. She'd sit us down at the table and she'd sit that Sears catalog there and say, okay, make your Christmas list from this catalog. Put down everything that you need. Now, of course, you know, being a seven-year-old, eight-year-old boy with the Sears catalog, I just ran right to the clothing section, right? And I mean, I put down the jeans and the shirts I needed. No, I mean, I was flipping right to the toys. I needed the Knight Rider car. I needed the A-Team van. I needed the latest G.I. Joe helicopter. I needed all those Star Wars toys. That's what I needed. I was making my list based on all those toys I needed from that Sears catalog. How many of you remember that Sears catalog you used? Let me ask you this. If Jesus sat with you at your kitchen table today, and he said, tell me this Christmas season everything you need, what are you going to tell him? what's going to be on your list this christmas of everything you need maybe you need a you need a job you need healing in your marriage you need healing physically in your body maybe today you need you know to forgive another person you need work what 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 do you need see all those things i just listed those are important needs those are things we need to survive let me tell you exactly what you need. And what you need is forgiveness. And that forgiveness that you need for the sin that you have committed, it only comes through Jesus. And that's why God reminds us at Christmas time of that simple message, this is Jesus who saves his people from their sins. This is Jesus who can forgive you of everything you've already done, and will do. This is Jesus who brings you into a relationship with God that lasts now and forever. And this Jesus, this Christmas season, can give you what you need in the forgiveness that you are looking for. I love what Sinclair Ferguson once wrote. He said, Jesus did not come to add to our comforts, He did not come to help those who are already helping themselves. Or to fill life with more pleasant experiences. He came on a deliverance mission to save sinners, and to do so, he had to destroy the works of the devil. This Christmas season, let's rejoice that Jesus gives us exactly what we need in forgiveness of our sins. Well, not only does he forgive us of our sin, but he gives us of himself. Notice this last part of the text that we're going to cover this morning and this message of comfort that we can take. We read in verse 23 that all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet Isaiah. Verse 23 says, For the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. This morning, take hope, find peace in that message. God with us. God with you. Think about it today. Just say, God, thank you for being with me right now. No matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, no matter how hard it is, God is with you through this crazy year where nothing seems to make sense anymore. God is with you. In everything that we will face next year, God will be with you. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, that bond that you have with God is never broken. That God is always with you. What a powerful reminder in such an uncertain time that God is with you this morning. And if you agree with that, if you're thankful for that, Just right now in the comments section, just say, thank you, Lord. Or maybe click the heart button, click the like button. Say, God, thank you for being with me. You know, our families are not always ideal. Situations that we go through are are not always like we plan. I can guarantee you this was not in Mary and Joseph's plan. But families are important. And no matter how messy our families can be, families remind us of something. They remind us we all need forgiveness. You know, if you look into chapter 1 and verses 1 through 17, and we won't take the time to read all those names, but that's the genealogy of Jesus. That's his family tree. If you look through all those names, there's plenty of people in that list that had some pretty questionable backgrounds, that did some pretty awful things in their lives. And that list reminds me that even in the lineage of Jesus, there were some sinners that needed forgiveness. And when you gather with your family, it's going to remind you of this. I've got family members who need forgiveness, and I need forgiveness. And so this Christmas season, I want you to give the gift of forgiveness to someone. Maybe share Jesus with a family member that needs to know Christ as their Lord and Savior. Give them that gift of Jesus, that hope today. But maybe this Christmas, you need to receive the gift of Jesus. You know, I know on Christmas morning, one of the things we all love to do is open those presents that are under the tree. And maybe you've got some, you know, a big present. Uh, you got a little present with your name on, on it. But you know, You can have a present under the tree that has your name on it, but it's not your present till you take that present, till you open that present, till you receive it. You know, today, Jesus will be your Lord and Savior, forgive you of all your sin, bring you in a relationship with God now that'll last forever if you receive him in your life. Salvation is a gift not to be earned, but to receive. And so this morning, I'm going to invite you to receive Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life. I'm going to invite you right now, just with every one of us watching, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And maybe today, just spend a few moments there thanking the Lord for Jesus, thanking Him for loving you, thanking Him for being with you. And as you're doing that, I want to invite those of you that are ready to receive Jesus as your savior to pray along with me you can simply pray dear god today i receive jesus as my savior i know i have sin and i need jesus to forgive me i receive him in my life as my lord and savior father god i thank you today that even though our family situations can sometimes be messy and not always ideal, that Lord, you are a God who forgives us, you're a God who is with us, and you're a God who sent Jesus to die for us. Lord, thank you for your love. We pray in Christ's name. Amen and amen. I want to thank you